At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Strange Familiars. I'm your host, Timothy. I'm here with my co-host, Allison. How are you tonight, Allison? I'm fine. I'm the co-host? Of course you're the co-host. This isn't like a president and vice president kind of thing? What do you mean, president and vice president? You know, Strange Familiars Enterprise. Oh, I'm the host and you're the vice host? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How are you tonight, Allison? I'm fine. The heat has come back on us and I'm not happy. That's called summer. Well, it's not summer yet. Yeah, but it's June now. Yeah. On tonight's show, we're going to be talking with Meg. Meg does the Real Chills podcast. I believe that's out of Philadelphia, Allison. Not too far away. Everybody thinks York is just Philadelphia West anyway. Yeah, we're not. We're our own thing. We are west of Philadelphia, though. We're just not West Philadelphia, born and raised. No, we are not. Meg has come on not just to promote her podcast, but also to share some of her stories of growing up in a haunted house and some other strange things that have happened to her. I would like to ask you, is that like a self-identification thing? Like if you grow up in a haunted house, like how many hauntings makes a haunted house? I would say one. (laughs) I think that's self-determined. Yeah. I think one person might see a ghost and say, oh, no, I just saw a weird thing one time. Another person might see it and say, oh, I live, Our in, house a, is haunted, yeah, yeah. I live in a haunted house. And I think both are valid. Both takes are valid. Did you grow up in a haunted house? Haunted with other stuff. I don't know. what. what the, I don't know. 
I don't know, but I, I think I, I think it's probably haunted now. <laughs> Whoever lives there, most definitely. Before we talk to Meg, I want to thank our patrons. Thank you, patrons. We could not do Strange Familiars without you. That is absolutely true. You make Strange Familiars possible. If you'd like to support the show and get extra content besides, you can become a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. We have 93 patron episodes right now. We'll be adding two more this month. We add two full episodes every month, at least two, for our patrons. Those are exclusive episodes. You get the 93 we've already done, and you will get two more episodes every month for as long as you remain a patron. I also wanted to mention we're doing almost ad-free shows for our patrons. So the weekly shows patrons get almost ad-free. What do I mean by almost ad-free? Well, the 90 days to the perfect puppy ad is still in there because that's kind of baked into the show. But the patrons don't hear any of the other ads. So if you like that idea of the almost ad-free show, that's another advantage of becoming a patron. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. There's different tiers of support there. No matter what tier you choose, you get the extra content and you help support Strange Familiars. Again, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. All right, let's go ahead and hear my conversation with Meg. I'd like to welcome Meg to the program. How are you doing tonight, Meg? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited to get some of your stories. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So I also have a Paranormal Stories podcast that's called Real Chills. And I am a Philadelphia-based comedian. So we do have people come on and tell their true paranormal stories, but we kind of try to make light of it as best as we can. You know, the stories can still be pretty scary, but uh, we kind of like to poke fun at, at the scary ghosts and, and goblins that people interact with. So it's it's a lot of fun. Is it a weekly podcast? It is. Yep. Every Thursday. It's everywhere podcasts are. So, you know, Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. Awesome. So and do you have a website? I use mostly Instagram. So at Real Chills Podcast. And there's a link tree there for everything else. Awesome. And we'll be fighting for guests from here on out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I can send some your way if they're really cool. I love doing that for other, other podcasts I've been on. It's, it's always fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I think sometimes people think it's old school radio kind of thing and like podcasts are in competition. It, it's really not. Podcasts are very supportive of each other. Almost to a fault every podcast you know i've uh, had contact with has just been supportive and you know acts like cheerleaders for other podcasts it's, it's a really great community i feel that specifically because like i said i'm a comedian and i've i've reached out to both comedy and paranormal podcasts and i almost feel that more in the paranormal community which is really awesome <laughs> the paranormal community is in, in my experience extremely supportive you know i had bands and stuff before i did a podcast and you know, no offense to the underground music world, but give me, give me the paranormal world any <laughs> yeah. day. They're just so kind and supportive and, and just awesome people. Not that the music people weren't, there's just more love, I think, coming from the paranormal community. I, I, it's, my experience has just been wonderful with it. Yeah, absolutely. So you have a number of experiences. Now, you grew up in a haunted house. Is that correct? Yes. Was this near Philadelphia? Yep. So I grew up in the Poconos. Um, so it's like a two hour drive from Philly. It's super woodsy. 
And the house that I grew up in is was built in the 1700s, so it's pre-Revolutionary War. And in its time existing, it's been many different things. It's been a summer camp. There used to be a train, so it used to be a place where people would like stay overnight when they were getting the train. And now it's my house. So <laughs> a lot of people have been through uh, the walls of where I lived. And my mom is very traditional, so not much has changed. We still have the big wooden floors from the giant trees and all of our doorways are really short and even it goes down to like the door handles are these like iron latches from the original construction so it's definitely got that creepy kind of old school vibe going for it yeah and sounds like it has that liminal component that so many of these places have you know it's a place where where travelers were staying you know it's that seems to be an element with this stuff yeah, absolutely. And it's right on a lake, too. And I feel like bodies of water is another thing that people bring up sometimes. That's what's weird about all of these hauntings that we're going to get into is that I know a lot of paranormal stories are usually like very terrifying, but I feel like my family has always had this connection to who we think it is. So we think that the person who's haunting us is the person who built it. His name was uh, Manuel Gonzalez. And like, we'll even like talk to him. We'll be like, come on, Manny, like knock it off or whatever if we're scared. And my mom is like really into history. So she would take us to visit his gravestone. And it was like this really pretty cemetery on this hill with just like flowers and mountains. So um, just like a really nice, peaceful atmosphere. So do you want me to get into my first scary story? Yeah. So about how old were you when you started noticing things happening? Say, I don't know if they were happening before you were noticing them or not. (laughs) Well, this first story, I definitely don't remember, but am a part of. So I was about three years old and I'm a twin, which some people find creepy in itself. But um, I was in my... I have twins. So yes, I find that very creepy. (laughs) Are they identical or fraternal? Fraternal. Boy and a girl. Same. Yeah. Well, it's me and my sister, but we're fraternal as well. But people still mix us up. So we were in our crib and it was the middle of the night and my mom hears me crying over the baby monitor. So she goes into my room and she's like, oh, like, baby, what's wrong? It's okay. I didn't say a lot of words yet, but I was like, man, man, there's a man. She's like, a man, like where? Like, what did he say? What did he do? And I took her hand and I just started rubbing it on my face. Hmm. And then I pointed behind her. (laughs) And that was about the time where she scooped me and my sister up and just like took us into her room and had my dad, of course, search the whole house and they didn't find anybody. Wow. Mm -hmm. From the mouths of babes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't make that one up. That's <laughs> Yeah. So do you think that you were suggesting that this man had been touching your face? I do. Yeah. I, oh, I didn't really have creepy. the words to describe it. So when she's like, What's going like what happened? Like I just took her hand and, and showed her. Ooh, that's yeah, that that gave me chills. Yeah, yeah. I know that one is super legit because my mom tries to deny all of this, which is insane. And she hates when my dad tells this story because she's like, you're scaring them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, it's real. But yeah, so other than that, it's always been little stuff like you check the table for your keys, you start looking everywhere else, and then you look back down and there they are. Another really 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 interesting experience was when I was probably like seven or eight and it was another in the middle of the night 
experience where I, I woke up like just immediately, like opened my eyes and I saw this, like, this is the one that sounds the craziest. It was like this mist, like just like a blob, not very tall. And it kind of, it really, it just looked like mist. And I reached out and I actually could feel it. Like it was, it, it was wet, but it was also kind of like electric-y. And I honestly, I wasn't scared because I think I had just woken up. Like, I think if I had seen it in the middle of the day, like appear in front of me, it would have been a much different experience. But I kind of just reached out and touched it and I smiled a little bit. And as I was touching it, it was kind of, it faded away. And then I just went back to sleep. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know how many people you've talked to and whether you've started to check off these things that happen again and again, but that's a thing, going back to sleep after seeing something by your bedside. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we started noticing. Actually, I noticed it in uh, my, my own experience with the quote-unquote aliens. I don't think they're aliens. I, go, oh, I have to sort of give this caveat every time I mention it. But sure. <laughs> I woke up and they were right by my bedside and I just went back to sleep. There's no way, no how I should have been that comfortable to go back to sleep. And in fact, I was very angry. Yeah. And I just kept going back to sleep and I talked about it. And I've had a number of witnesses on since who just said, yeah, it was really weird. I woke up, there was a, you know, a, a giant bunny man in my room, you know, with like <laughs> gl glowing red eyes. And I just turned over and went back to sleep or... You know, there's a shadow person in my room, whatever it was. You know, we've just had a number of these stories where people just, for whatever reason, there's no reason to go back to sleep, but it happens. That is so interesting. So you think it's something that they're doing? Like the things we're experiencing has control over that? Possibly. Like for me personally, I felt like I was being put out because I didn't, <laughs> like, I felt like I was just being like, like, nope, they're like, you go back to sleep now. I guess I can't speak for other people, but the, for me personally, yeah, I felt like I was being put out. That's interesting. It's a, creating a really funny image of you just trying to fight to stay awake and then being like, nope. Yeah, um, yeah. I, it's, I mean, they did. They weren't like tapping my forehead, but it was as if Yeah, they that's were, what like, I was picturing. Yeah, just... as, if, as if they were like, tip, out, you're out. So yeah, these, there's something about these things that is, um, and I, I'm really careful when I say this, it's tied to sleep, but it's not dreams. You know, I mean, a lot of people, it's very easy to write them off as dreams. But when you talk to people, and I'm sure it's the same with you, like you're pretty sure this mist wasn't a dream, right? I know. Yeah, I see, know. Yeah. I'm like 100% certain because mm -hmm. I remember it like lulling me. Like it was very comforting and just like going like peacefully back to sleep after touch. Like just I just shot my hand out to feel it. it. It was so weird. Your story actually reminds me I've had one. So I have sleep paralysis as well. Mm -hmm. um, but it could be because I drink coffee until 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> you know, I do have some non paranormal explanations, I feel like for most of my experiences, but there's one I had. And I've never had an experience like this again at all, which I think actually makes it more credible. I had just moved to Philly. And I was kind of in a low point, which I, I've heard sometimes attracts, you know, like really dark sure. energies. I was like, really, I didn't have any friends or family here. I felt really lonely. And it was my first time living completely alone. And I had decided I was going to take a nap on my couch. So I, I'm napping. I wake up. I 
get up and I go to get cereal and I look at my door and I'm like, that's weird. My door looks broken. So I walk over to the door and as I'm fiddling with the handle, I wake up again. Ooh. And I'm like, oh no, okay. So that was a dream. That was weird. But I do kind of want cereal. So I went and I got cereal. And I was like, hey, wait a minute. The door is messed up. I go over the door again and I wake up again. Mm. So now I'm like, okay, this time, like the, the third time I wake up, I'm like, all right, I'm asleep right now. There's no way I'm awake right now. And I just start like fighting as hard as I can to pull myself awake. And as I start doing that from the other room, I hear a man's voice yelling and he's just like, help me, help me, like somebody help me. And I'm ignoring it. At this point, I'm praying. I'm like trying anything to get awake. And finally, I'm like, okay, I can't ignore this guy anymore. And I'm like, what do you want? And in the scariest voice, he goes, you. And then I wake up, <laughs> like just shoot up. Mm. And I look at my, cl- my phone and I wake up a minute before my alarm was supposed to go off. Yeah. So sleep paralysis is often used as an explanation for paranormal stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't, that's just my personal feelings. I think that's kind of confusing the the keyhole for the doorway. Mm. I really think there's, there's more to it. The number of people, just general paranormal witnesses, whether it's, you know, the stuff we call uh, bedroom invaders or, or nighttime invaders, these these entities that just appear in people's rooms while they're sleeping and stuff, whether it's those or even just like Sasquatch witnesses, you know, mm-hmm. that I, I regularly ask, do you or have you ever had sleep paralysis? The number of paranormal witnesses who say, oh, yeah, yeah, I've had that <gasps> is extremely high in the range of 80 to 90 percent. Wow, that's so interesting i really see that's what's interesting about this um just like the paranormal world is there's so much to research like i would love to see someone doing the research like the correlation between paranormal experiences and sleep paralysis yeah and what that means because it sounds like you're I, i might be like inferring something but are you saying that like people with sleep paralysis have like a closer connection to, to the other side. Is that what you're saying? Like with, uh, I mean, you know what the connection means? I don't know, but it seems like sleep paralysis and paranormal encounters outside of sleep paralysis encounters go hand in hand, which make me wonder that some of these sleep paralysis accounts where people are seeing entities and they're like, no, it was sleep paralysis, but there was an entity there. It makes me wonder if there isn't something more than just, hypnagogia or, or hypnopompy or whatever uh, you know, they talk about too. Well, I'm interested to hear if you've ever heard of this. So I've had a few sleep paralysis people on my podcast and recently in the last two or three, they've been talking about um, sleep paralysis demons, but they've also been describing like a vibration, almost like a humming mm-hmm. that they're hearing during these experiences. Have you gotten that? I, I have never heard that before. And then, like, I feel like it's two or three back to back. Not only did they describe sleep paralysis, and the, but like also the, like this vib- vibrating sensation. The, you know, kind of hum or vibrating thing that mm-hmm. that's paranormal encounters across the board. You'll get that with Bigfoot encounters, UFO encounters, uh, sometimes with hauntings and sleep paralysis. Yeah, that's like another thing that for me, that's like, yeah, there's something about sleep paralysis. that's like, Ugh. you know, maybe it's that 
between dream and you know the, the reality experience or something and and you know part of me wonders if the other capital other uh, what i call this collective group of paranormal things that are out there sure. that uh, it, if the other doesn't somehow use dreams in a way because mm-hmm. we've had uh, you know me and and some of my investigation partners and stuff have had some very powerful and very meaningful dreams in the wake of paranormal investigations that seem to be big dreams as as they say you know meaningful really big dreams as opposed to just sort of like you know processing the day's activities or whatever yeah i also had one person who described having sleep paralysis since she was a little girl talking about how she was she feared it so much and she always would like run away from it and how she did one episode with me and came back because she had this like epiphany. Her mom passed away, unfortunately, kind of recently. And instead of like running away, she sort of started facing like the familial trauma she had, which this is, this is a lot. <laughs> I didn't tell you about all this stuff. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm doing this no, no, now, this, but... is, this is interesting to me. Um, yeah. yeah. And she was like, the second I opened myself up to, to working on my familial, you know, over generations of trauma, Mm -hmm. the fear went away and it almost felt like he was like a guide. He no longer appeared to be this dark, scary image. It was an image. She was more like he was wearing purple and it it almost seemed like the more she embraced and, and tried to work to fix that trauma, the, the less scary and more meaningful these sleep paralysis dreams became. So I've had several people reach out to me in terms of these, these quote unquote abduction experiences and tell me it's a shamanic process, right? So this is, Mm -hmm. this is something you need to go through and come back out the other side. And I believe them that, that they've had, they've sort of submitted themselves to the experience and, you know, they feel they've, they've come out better on the other end. It sounds like that's what, what your guest was doing in a, in a way kind of working Mm -hmm. through it and, and, embracing the experience for me i'm such a stubborn person that i just like and i've always been like why do i have to submit to you you know yeah (laughs) sure okay yeah why why do i why do i have to do that totally i also think there's something to making your intentions like and focusing your energy on what you want when it comes to the paranormal like i agree with you where i do feel like they they have to listen. I don't know if it's because we're alive and our energy might be a little bit more strong, stronger than than theirs. But that kind of uh, <laughs> that leads me to my one of my last stories for at least my my haunted house. This story takes place when I was in college. I was home for the summer. It was really late. I was on college kid hours, so everyone else was asleep. It was probably like three in the morning. And the way my living room works, I was laying on my couch watching the TV, but you can look into my dining room from the living room. Mm -hmm. And it had just been my little brother's birthday. So all that was left of the party was one shiny, metallic, happy birthday balloon, not moving at all. No AC, no windows open. For whatever reason, I don't know what compelled me to look over. I look over at this balloon and it slowly starts rotating really slowly. It's not like wobbling or anything. It's turning in like a circle. And like what we're talking about, I remember reading that if you make your intentions known, if you like straight out say what like set a boundary, 
that sometimes they'll listen. So I'm like, no, thank you. Like, don't do that, please. Out loud to, to no one, to just this balloon. I'm like, please don't. And the second I say that it stops moving, it turns back to the position it was originally in and just stops moving altogether. Once again, uh, I've had a number of witnesses and, you know, sometimes people come to me and they're very troubled and, Mm -hmm. you know, before pointing them to an exorcist or whatever, the first thing I I recommend doing is ask it to stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just just ask it to stop. It's incredibly effective. Mm -hmm. I I don't know why. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and you're right. You know, maybe prayer is just a more uh, focused way or, or just another way of focusing that, that intention like that. And, you know, maybe it just boils down to that, but yeah, that's, I've had a number of people say, you know, like, yeah, I don't know what to do. This is really scaring my kids and stuff. And I, I just think they just ask in a very firm, but, you know, not rude way. Just ask it to stop. And so, most times it will. Yeah. If yeah. you do that. Yeah. Um, also, to your point about religions, I, I have an episode coming out in two weeks. So this is kind of, I mean, depending on when you air it, it's never heard info from Real Chills. But I had someone on who was doing research on I guess different religions, she didn't really specify, but she ended up going to North Carolina and staying with, it's basically like a tribe, like an African, they're in North Carolina, but they they practice a bunch of like African rituals. And she was saying how when slaves came over and they were being taught Christianity, um, they're like, this is God, this is Mary, this is this saint. And all of the the slaves already had names for those types of events. They're like, oh, that's this in our language or that's this. Mm -hmm. So even though, you know, they're so obviously culturally different, they already had the same, not, I guess, for lack of a better word, paranormal like icons that just different names. So I think when you're praying, it doesn't matter. Like these, these things are showing themselves to us and it might be Mary or it might be whatever name you pick in another religion. Mm -hmm. So they're going to, I guess, follow those rules, right? I, I mean, archetypes are huge with this stuff, too. So mm-hmm. maybe, yeah, maybe it is just a matter of these, you know, Mary represents the goddess archetype, etc. cetera. Uh, you know, this is all above my pay grade. But, <laughs> <I know>. uh, <laughs> when she was talking to me, I was like, this is, this is wild. This was a lot. <laughs> well, you um, did mention one more thing in your email about your house that I, I did want to cover this, the piano playing by itself. Yes. Yeah. So we had a a baby grant and this story uh, is actually my sister. She experienced this. So I don't know about your twins, but me and my sister, we're best friends, but we're very different. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of like my mom where she's like, it's not haunted. You guys are, you know, you get in your head and then you just hear noises. But the one thing she could never explain is one night she woke up and she heard the piano playing downstairs, like a full song, not just little like clinks. Uh, like a classical song and she thought it was our dad because our dad plays piano which is weird it was the middle of the night but when she went downstairs and looked at the piano no one was there Mm. yeah yeah that's a cool one it's creepy but uh, you know i guess give me music more than uh howls and banging on the window (laughs) yeah all the haunts as you can see were very like chill i feel like i don't feel like they're trying to like kick us out or anything well you mentioned that you kind of felt like you've never been like super afraid of this or anything is that because of the nature of these have been like that like those kind of experiences or do you think there's something else i've just 
it's hard to put into words because I've just always felt like connected to the house. My whole family, I think, does. Like my mom will never leave that house. And I don't know what the connection is. Like I couldn't verbalize it, but I just, it, it almost feels like we have an understanding or like a contract with each other. Like we're going to respect the space. We're not going to change too much about it. And hopefully that means you'll respect us and not mess with us too much in our daily lives. And I think my, when my friends come over, they get really scared. Uh, like <laughs> one time, my favorite story is for Halloween, a little kid came up and took candy and my mom heard him saying, to his mom, I thought it was scarier without the decorations. <laughs> <laughs> so people are scared of it. But for me, it's just always been like a real, I think there's just an agreement between us. And I mean, you know, like I say, you have to live there, you know, you, you, when you're growing up, at least you got to go to sleep at some point. So, you know, a lot of people have said like, well, why didn't you just move? Well, sometimes it's not that simple no, and yeah. and you got to sleep sometimes. So, uh, you know, I think some people learn to live with it one way or another, you know? Oh, and we always, we always slept with like the TV on or like a radio on or something. Cause we were scared of all the little creaks and noises. Does your mom still experience things? She definitely does. She, now that I have the podcast, she's less inclined to tell me. Uh. (laughs) She's like, no one is going to visit us. Your family and your friends are already scared. But one thing she, she, it was another dream. She had a dream. She was in the house, but it was like colonial, like the 1700s. And there was a group of people there. And I was like, did you talk to them? She's like, I don't remember. And I'm like, you're not telling me the whole story. <laughs> so she definitely still experiences things. My little things, my little brother that lives there still experiences things. Like recently we have this one room that has like waist high. There's some mirrors. It's like a little workout room or something. And my brother was doing work there and he looked up at the mirror and saw half of like a figure in the mirror and looked down before realizing, oh, I'm alone. And when he looked back up, it was just gone. Mm, yeah. So lots of little stuff like that, you know, when it, when you add it up, it feels a lot bigger. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. 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 So have you had paranormal experiences outside of this house? I have. Yeah. There's one really sweet one where I had um, my cousin pass away kind of suddenly. It was super unexpected and our whole family was taking it really hard. We were really close. So at his funeral, he used to work at a hotel. So we stayed at that hotel and the soap that they use there is the same as my last name. It's Getz Soap. I don't know if you've seen it. It's kind of fancy. And they were like, oh, your last name's Getz. That's so cool. So they just gave me a free bottle of it. It was like (laughs) hand soap. Mm -hmm. If it's fancy, um, I can almost guarantee you I've not seen it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's like really great. Like it's one of those new ethical companies at Mm -hmm. least that's what i think and so anyway we get the soap whatever we do the celebration everything's really emotional and nice and my cousin was always like a prankster like he used to drive us to chorus and of course we have these creepy woodsy roads so he would pretend the car broke down and like roll down the windows and be like oh no we're stuck at you know which Mm -hmm. is terrifying when you're 13 but now it's just like a really funny thing to look back on um so he was always a prankster and we get home 
and I start fighting to open this bottle. I'm like messing with it. I'm pulling as hard as I can. I'm spinning the top because it's like one of those ones where you twist it and then it pops up. Yeah, I hate I'm, this. I, they're so annoying. <laughs> I'm doing everything I can. I'm like, whatever. When I shower or whatever, I'll fight with it again. So I just put it down and I'm like, you know, I need a breather because it's frustrating me. And then when I get in the shower, I start messing with it again. I start pulling it. I start twisting it. I'm doing everything I can. And then I just stop. And I'm like, Brian, if you're messing with me, can you stop? And after I thought that without me touching it, it pops open. So you were being pranked. I was be I had one last prank from Brian. <laughs> the thing that makes me really believe like that that's what was happening is that I didn't touch it again. Like mm-hmm. it just opened. And it was kind of what like I think I needed cuz I don't know, it just it was such a a sudden thing. It's been years now and it's still like kind of it still sucks, you know? Mm-hmm, and sure. yeah. uh it just makes me think that, like, if he is on the other side, like, he's happy and he's still messing with us, you know? hmm Yeah. We had some paranormal investigators on my show who said that they one time did an EVP session and they got the voice of one of their friends who was still alive. Mm, yeah. And they were like, maybe it's astral project. Like, it gets... I feel like what I feel is there's, like, a veil... And then after that, it gets really complicated on what's going. There's just a lot happening, you know. Yeah. With- I, so the other can definitely, you know, it's, it's a great mimic. It can sound like pretty much anything at once. It seems mm-hmm. from uh, you know we get in the woods, we get crying babies sometimes, and and women screaming and uh, car door slamming. I've actually recorded in the middle of the woods, three miles from anything. And I'd heard it before. John Keel, you know, way back in the 70s said it was crying babies and car door slamming were the, were the two, you know, most reported unusual sounds, unexplained sounds Oof. in paranormal events. And I'd heard the car door slamming before. I didn't have my recorder running. I never thought I'd catch it. And we were out, again, three miles from anything, just way out in the middle of the woods. We had gotten a Bigfoot account there and we were just kind of looking around and Right as it's getting dark, it's you know it's just getting you know beginning at dusk. We just hear this car door slamming, and there's no mistaking it. And there's like multiple times. No, just once. Just, just once. A, just a heavy car door slam, and you know my friends look at me, and we were by a river. We we went out to the river to make sure that there weren't any boats next to us or anything. There's no parking lot anywhere near us. There's no road anywhere near us. It is distinctly the sound of a car door, and I actually recorded it. I don't know if anyone ever has ever recorded the the paranormal car door slam. People, lots of people <laughs> talked about it, but I got it. I got it. You that, have that it, the one and only. Well, I yeah. don't know. I, I don't know if it's the only, but <laughs> I heard people talk about it. I actually captured it. It was, and it sounds like a car, car door slamming. You know? And, did you investigate, or were you like, did you go to sleep and be up time for bed? <laughs> I mean, we were in the middle of the woods. We still had to hike out three miles. So, oh no, was this middle? Okay, so I'm—I don't know why I was picturing this at night. This was in the middle of the daytime. It was getting dusk. It was just about okay. You know, the, the woods were getting dark at this point. Great. Yeah, we heard this, and you know, what do you do? It's just just a weird sound. I you don't know? go towards it. The same—that's the same thing. I have this joke about how like. If I ever saw like a kid crawling out of a cornfield or something, I'm not helping. <laughs> like <laughs> the same with like a crying baby. Like, oh well, hopefully some like wolves find it and raise it as their own because I'm not going in there. It's such a creepy thing. 
Like the crying baby thing is so creepy because as humans, we're programmed to respond to that. Yeah, yeah. And to want to help that, right? That's a sound. That's another human in distress and, and a, yeah. you know, a baby, a, a helpless human in distress. And the fact that it uses that sound, it, to me, is one of the creepiest things. Uh, you get a lot with Sasquatch encounters. It's like, what is that trying to do? Are you trying to lure people out in the woods? And for what reason? That's so unsettling. Yeah. Have you heard of the documentary Missing 411? Sure, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, that's what it's reminding me of, how there's all of these missing kid cases. Or, like, they, they notice that most of the people that are missing have disabilities of some sort or are, like, toddlers. And when they if they are found, when they're found, they're so far away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah, we've done a couple, like, older cases. I don't, I don't do too much true crime because it's just it's brutal. I don't either. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah it's, and I, I try not to do modern cases where the families are still alive and so forth oh but absolutely we've yeah. done we've done some like older cases that kind of fit that missing 411 mold of, of just kids in pennsylvania and you know like 1902 or something right that just yeah. just disappeared in one of the cases she was found i think three days later and, and they said they suspected that she was taken by you know with a wild man was what they called it back then i think this was in the late 1800s that's what basically what they called bigfoot but also scary homeless guys you know right <laughs> anything, yeah. anything like that would be called a wild <laughs> all message. of the above yeah. yeah so but they said there was a wild man or a wild woman pro- prowling around the neighborhood and they thought she was taken by that and they weren't clear as to you know what they meant by wild man or wild woman but she was found unharmed like three oh, days good. later i think she lived to be like 70 or 80 or something you know nice long life uh there was another girl we did where she was found and she was two years old. She went missing, and they looked everywhere for her. And, mm-hmm. and this was uh, up above Reading in Berks County. And we actually went to the area and, and saw wow. where she lived and saw the cornfield where she was found. Eventually, she, you know, she was found dead. A few, but they had searched all through that cornfield. Right. That's the other her. thing. Sometimes yeah. they find things in places they definitely searched. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very strange. And, you know, I'm, of course, I'm leaning into the whole, you know, missing 411 aspect of it. And, and my wife is like, now nah, we'll figure out who did this. We'll find the killer. You know, she, she's <laughs> determined that eventually we'll crack the case. I was like 50-50. I felt like there were some cases they they had where I was like, mm, I don't know. I have a lot of questions. And then others, I was like, I have no idea how to explain how a child that small could manage something like that even yeah when when they find them like 10 miles away you know up a mountain that they said you'd have to be a incredibly skilled mountain climber to scale and they would have had to do like three major creek crossings and stuff to get there that's when it's just like wow like something weird happened here Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's weird to think, though, because I, I always... <laughs> I don't have any reference for this, but I always imagine Bigfoot to be intellect, like human-like, kind of like not at the point where it would eat people, you know? Because I feel like that's what that is inferring, that it may be Bigfoot or another paranormal being like that that, that eats children, right? Hunts them. I... Or is that I not? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's that's sort of the suggestion. And the guy who writes those books, he's very clever never to to say. Doesn't give you a lot. Yeah. What he thinks it Either is. Way. Uh, because, it, I mean, for one reason, he's not going to sell any more books at that point. Uh, right. You know, if, if he keeps it open, he can sell it to the Bigfoot people and to the paranormal people and to the, you know, the, the search and rescue people and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my feelings and, you know, having written multiple books on Bigfoot at this point and spend so much of my life with it. Mm-hmm. That mystery is so complex that we're talking about something that's not so much beyond our comprehension, but thinks in ways that we don't. And right. I don't, I think trying to reason with it in the way that, that we reason out things and the way we would think about things. And even the way natural animals think about things, I think mm-hmm. is uh, a little bit difficult because Whatever that phenomenon is, and I don't think it's an ape in the woods. I don't think we're ever going to capture something and put in a cage. Whatever it is, it's either paranormal or it's so weird and so different that it might as well be paranormal. Oh, man. That, that makes me think it's way scarier. Well, it's it's a it's a very strange thing. It's very unusual. And I, and I don't know that if it's taking people, it's not to eat them. You know? There's something yeah. else going on. There's, there's, there's some <laughs> sure. other kind of, kind of weird thing going something on. Something else happening. Yeah. yeah. I think we were, I don't know how old you were, but I, I know like growing up when I did in the 70s and 80s, it was very much, we were fed this idea that like, you know, oh, Bigfoot's just a, you know, it's either a myth or it's it's a creature we'll, we'll put in a cage one day, we'll get them. You know? Right. And, you know, having studied it 
and especially in Pennsylvania, the cases are so weird. They're so weird. It's like there's not a breeding population of these things here. There's no way, no how. We actually, one of our first shows was a guest from Pennsylvania. Well, they were visiting Pennsylvania, the Poconos, and saw Bigfoot. Ooh. And he was really, he was young. I think he was like seven. And he said it like peeked around a tree at him. This was, again, this was a long time for me now. (laughs) So I'm trying to remember the details. But he also mentioned it making like a very strange noise, Mm -hmm. like a very specific. And then, of course, they ran to tell their parents who did not believe them at all. And it kind of like haunted him, kind of, you know, he became a little bit obsessed with with researching it. But at the time, there weren't as many noted experiences in Pennsylvania. It was more of like a, that, it, at least he was saying it was more like a West Coast thing. I think. Well, yeah, like when I was growing up, that's the thing. It was like Bigfoot is something that happens on the West Coast. It's it's not, but then you find out, I mean, the internet really blew things open. Sure, yeah. And you find out that, no, people are experiencing this everywhere, everywhere. And not always way out in the middle of the wilderness either. A lot of times... You know, it'll be in, you know, neighborhoods with a little bit of woods. Um, right. You know, some of our most intense experiences, you know, we, we've had some pretty intense ones in state forests, like way out from the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But some of the, the weirder, more intense things have been in little parks that are right up against people's houses where, where people have said, you know, hey, I've seen something here and we'll go and check it out. And we've had some really intense experiences and you can like see the lights from houses still. We're not that far away from houses. Yeah, and like you were saying, I believe him. The way he talks about it, it's not, he's not unsure and he's not making it up. Yeah, yeah. Even, like I said, even my wife, the skeptic, she has turned from, you know, you're all crazy to having gone to some of these conventions and stuff with me and, and witnesses will come up and regularly talk to me. They'll, you know, they'll come up and yeah. they'll see my books or something with Bigfoot on the cover. And you, I can tell when I'm going to get a story because they'll, if there's a bunch of people at the table, they'll stand back and they'll just wait. They'll <laughs> they just, don't want to look they'll crazy. Wait and they'll they'll yeah. like shuffle their feet and they'll wait and wait and wait till everybody goes. And then they'll come up and they'll, then they'll tell me their story. That's and so cool. My wife has said, you know, more than once, like these people have told their story and she's, she's looked at me and said, okay, I don't know what he saw, but he saw something. Like, yeah. You yeah. know, and, and that's what I call like honest skepticism. Like, that I'll accept that. Like, okay, you're not going to go all the way to it being Bigfoot, but you're you're going to admit that he at least saw something that affected him very deeply. I'll take mm-hmm. that. You know. Mm-hmm. Do you still go out there? Oh yeah. Oh all yeah. The time. Yeah. You're not scared. I'm terrified. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, just checking because you sound like I. That's the thing. I, I was invited to like go like paranormal investigate, and I might do it, but like for me, my experiences are different because I've never had to seek it out. Right. It's mm-hmm. just been in front of my face my whole life since I like, it's almost nor it's not paranormal to me. It's just kind of like, yeah, this happens, man. It, you can't explain everything that you see. It's doesn't every person grow up with that <laughs> mindset. So the thought of, cause like for me, I feel very comfortable with the interactions I've had, the thought of going out and seeking interactions with something I don't, understand in the same way is like it's so terrifying to me yeah and i should adjust that so it it can get very scary and some measure you're going to get out of it what you bring to it and i've noticed this and it's been true i used to go out in a very kind of um 
I don't know, like not exactly fearful, but sort of expecting to be afraid. Let's say that. Right. Expect mm-hmm. and the experiences tended to be more intense and uh, more negative and so forth. And at some point there's an Irish monk that comes on the show pretty often, brother Richard. And uh, (laughs) we were talking about that and he really kind of put me at ease in dealing with this, a lot of it. And now it gets scary. Like it does out there. I mean, you're in the dark, you're in the middle of the woods. It gets scary, but it's not, it's different than it used to be. Like there's, there's, it's not a kind of panic kind of scared. It's like a, a super aware kind of scared. Alert. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're just like, okay, something not normal is happening here and, you know, kind of keeps you on your toes. So yeah. And, and it's also my job, you know, like at this right, point, at yeah. this point it's my job. So I, you know, I, I got to do it. There's a, a certain place in Michaud Forest. It's this kind of ruins that we were investigating and had a really intense night there and as we were leaving uh chad my investigation partner says do you want to come back and i was like (laughs) it doesn't matter if i want to or not it's like we we have have to to. like we we have to come back we can't just leave it lay that's awesome it's so cool that you still do it oh yeah i love it it's addictive it's so addictive yeah i almost feel bad because i kind of introduced chad to it he he was an experiencer he had he had gotten screamed at by something in the woods at a very strange strange day thank you and kind of got him interested after I, I like to go like, so if a witness calls me and they say, you know, I experienced this here, if I can get to that place, I like to meet the witness there and like record the story where it happened. I, I really like doing that. And that's what I did with Chad. And then after that, he, I got him hooked on this and, and it, he's as addicted as I am. I mean, every weekend it's like, where, where, where are we going this weekend? To? <laughs> it's, it's such an addictive thing. It's, it's very uh, seductive. All of this. It's a, it's an incredible feeling. I was never addicted to drugs, but I can only imagine it's it's something similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you try. yeah, yeah. I think what you're saying too, like being afraid and then getting less afraid, like I really, it goes back to telling it to stop or not. I think you can also put out I'm here signals too. Like, you know, instead of just like nothing, you can also put out signals that are like, I'm looking for something. Oh, sure. So I think the more that you engage, like the paranormal investigators are like, oh, yeah, we do EVPs in our house every day. I'm like, that is wild to me yeah. <laughs> because, you know, this is your house. Like, but, but, you know, they feel very in control and they do it every day and they're open to, whoever wants to talk, but they also like have boundaries. So I think, I think what becomes addicting is that the more you do it, the more open you become and the more you experience, which is mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. There's more out there than, I mean, there's just, in my experience, there just is, you know, there, there's something right. more out there than, you know, the, the mundane. And I found that even people who say, well, I've never experienced anything. If you get them talking long enough, I'd be like, well, yeah, this I've never experienced anything, but there was I was coming home one night and there was these you know this UFO in the sky. This kind of followed my car for ten miles. Like, okay, wait a minute. So you have experienced something? <laughs> so you have. Yeah. That's my favorite. I wear this hat. So um, I have this hat that just says Bigfoot is real, and I love wearing it everywhere because I'm not really good at small talk, but I will talk about the paranormal forever. And it really has just encouraged, first of all, every weirdo in the world 
to approach me and talk to me, <laughs> which I love. Tell me the stories. It's all I want. That's why I started the podcast. But then also like skeptics are like, do you really believe in Bigfoot? And I'm like, yeah, I think there's something there, right? Mm-hmm. You know? And then it just like, like you said, like it opens up into this. Well, I had this and I'm like, see. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I'm not going to say everybody has something, but uh, a lot more people than are willing to talk about it have had something happen. I think people know the difference between like just what is a dream. Like this is such a specific descriptive experience. I don't know. I guess also because of my podcast, I'm more willing to believe there's yeah, something there. Well, that's me too. I'm, I start out willing to believe. That's and that's just my nature. Yeah. You know? And you know, people are like, oh, "Don't you afraid people are lying to you?" I'm like, "Well, you know, first of all, a lot of people." don't really have too many reasons to lie about this stuff. Like, why would they? It's not, you know, people suggest, oh, they're just looking to be famous. Well, then why do like 50% of them want to change their name? You know? Yeah. Most people are like, you're going to tell me I'm crazy. Right. Yeah. That's the number one reason. If they want to change their name, the number one reason they give is like, oh, I don't want people to think I'm crazy. Yeah. You know, so there's no money in it. There's no reason to be famous for this stuff. It's really, I found this. Most people just they hear someone else tell a story that's similar and they think, Oh my gosh, somebody else has experienced this too. I'm going to share mine now. And just, it's like a community, a sense of community in a sense. Absolutely. That's why I like doing our pot. Like my podcast too, is just like, it's nice. We have so many different experiences. It's not just ghosts or aliens. And more often than not, there are other people out there who've, who've had shared an experience like that, which is so mind-blowing to me the weirdest thing people will say, tell me the weirdest things and i will say someone out there will contact me and say they've experienced this too mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. happens all the time like we've been getting a, a number of disembodied leg stories where people are just seeing like a pair of legs walking down the street i had i just had a story where my friend's wife he was on the podcast was uh she came into the kitchen and all she saw was just like a pair of pants next to the table, just like legs. Mm-hmm. And then they just like disappeared. Yeah. Like I just heard, and I've never heard that before ever. Oh, we've gotten a number of these stories. We've gotten like hairy legs, that, you know, potentially Bigfoot legs. I don't know. Like <laughs> we've gotten like legs in shorts, you know, just look like, like just some dude in running shorts, but just legs down. We've gotten pants, jeans, they said it looked like jeans. So weird. Like, what a weird thing that is. <laughs> that wouldn't be too bad to me, though, because it's like, what do you even do? Like, you're like, all right, well. Yeah. What's he going to do? Come over and kick me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's like it loses a lot of the scare factor when I can't see you emote, I guess. Like, yeah. Yeah, but it's it is a strange thing, and and a number yeah. of people have seen this, you know, like all over the place. People are like, yeah, that's all that. I'm very agnostic. I don't I don't put a lot of definitions on it. I will say, like, I feel like it's all connected. How it's connected, why it's connected, I don't know. I can just tell you, like, there's strange lights involved across the phenomenon, uh, mm-hmm. ghosts, Bigfoot, UFOs. There's poltergeist activity involved across the phenomenon with all three. And there's enough relation to dreams and uh, death, honestly, across it where it seems like like how it's all related. Again, I don't know, but it really feels like it's it's all manifesting part of something, you know, one thing. And 
friend of mine had had an idea that that I kind of like to bring out every now and then. He says it's like um, if you imagine a video game and they just reskin some of the the characters in it. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's what it feels like. Yeah, yeah. like so, like sometimes it's for for you maybe it's being skinned as a ghost. For the next person, they might skin it as a gray alien. Next person, maybe they'll skin it as a, as a Bigfoot. You know, and it might be reaching into your mind and saying like, okay, what is this person? Depending on what reaction it's looking for, whether it's fear or perhaps uh, trying to get a message across of some sort or whatever, what is this person going to respond to? And it might be like right. literally reaching in and going, okay, this person, you know, has these experiences. They are going to respond more to this and then giving you, in a sense, what will get the reaction out of you that, that it desires. I've heard that sort of as an explanation for like the different cultural cryptids. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, you grow up hearing about Bigfoot. So these things are like, okay, I can show them a Bigfoot and they'll know, you mm-hmm. know, whereas like, you know, in Loch Ness are like, oh, I'll be Nessie or like in, you know, Europe, uh, they'll be like fairies are a huge thing in Europe. And it's like, it's the same energy or like what you're kind of saying, like just yeah. projecting whatever our understanding of it is like it's like you can't comprehend this so here is something paranormal that your brain can at least put oh, together yeah. <laughs> a yeah, little bit the way so i look about a lot of comparative folklore so i look at you know folklore from all over the world and the way they describe for instance nature spirits what they would call earth whites in, in the germanic norse tradition they act a whole lot like bigfoot you know yeah and, they're not always describing something big and hairy, although sometimes they are. But the way they act is so similar, you know, and, and it's really, really interesting. Down to the like weird details I found, like they'll talk about things climbing on roofs. That's an odd thing to, to read in like these these Norse folk tales, like these these trolls or whatever, like climbing on people's roofs and walking around mm-hmm. on their roof. And then you hear modern Bigfoot witnesses with no knowledge of this folklore say, yeah, you know, I live in a trailer and it climbs up on my roof. I hate that. That's one I have never heard. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like the more we talk, the more I'm like, Bigfoot is is a nightmare. <laughs> like, I don't know. Crawling it's creepy. You, you, you should come out to York County and we'll, we'll take you to, uh, we'll take you on Bigfoot. <laughs> okay, maybe once in the daytime, if that's <laughs> what you guys are doing. Because I really, I don't know why I've, I've always just, I guess because that's how kind of your taught is like Bigfoot's like a silly, non-existent thing. And then I slowly started believing in it and talking to people and their experiences. I don't know if you know Ryan Singer, but he has a really intense Bigfoot story. But I was still kind of on the fence. I was like, okay, he's probably not that bad. But after this conversation, I'm like, no, he's oh, it's, Bigfoot's it's, evil. It's so, the thing is so interesting. When I was talking to Ryan, he was talking about how he suspects it may be able to control electronics. I don't know if you've ever had that experience because he, his experience was like on a a well-lit filmed area and the footage was corrupted. They Mm. weren't able to pull any of the footage. And a lot of the times with these experiences, I don't know if you've had this because you've actually been out there. So I'm just going off of stories I've heard. The evidence is sort of 
not the best, you know, like they don't ever get like a full body Bigfoot or right or anything like that. And I, you know, I can show you a, a photo I took. It's, you know, what people call blob squatch. Um, <laughs> yeah. In general, I don't think we're allowed to take photos of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's something. But audio is OK. Audio is <laughs> perfectly fine. Because no one believes audio for some reason. If you I, can't see it with perhaps, your eyes. Perhaps. But <laughs> OK. All my listeners have heard my stories a million I'm times. Sorry, no, I'm it's, sorry. No, it's OK. I, I, enjoy the, I enjoy the conversation. I just want to make sure we covered all your stories. <laughs> yes yeah that's first for now at least (laughs) your podcast is called real chills and people can find that wherever they get podcasts that is correct yeah and if they want to come to you with stories where do they reach out yeah definitely you can email me it's just real chills podcast at gmail.com awesome well we will have to tune in and you know if if you want to have some fun with my stories i'd be happy to come on Oh, my gosh. I would love that. Thank you, Meg. (laughs) Thanks so much. If someone has a puppy, Allison, Mm -hmm. and it's mouthing and biting, or they need help with potty training, or fear and nervousness, or if the puppy's barking too much or chewing on furniture or shoes or other things it shouldn't be chewing on, or maybe they need help with crate training or hyperactivity issues or leash training or any number of the other puppy problems that people might have, do you know where they might go for help? I do. I know exactly where to go. Where's that? 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you with their relationship-based approach. They help you and your puppy become perfect for each other. They have online sources, video lessons, a secret Facebook group. One-on-one options are available. You can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. Let 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy help you understand how your dog thinks and apply proactive training methods so you and your puppy can become perfect for one another. And you can find them where, Allison? sithappens.us That's right. Look for the 90 days to the perfect puppy link at the top of the page. Back to a photo for the curiosity of the week. Well, I guess we had photos last week of the the hermit priest. We have photos till the end of time. (laughs) I know. know. She looks like, like a a good witch from the Wizard of Oz. She does, actually. It's a pretty neat, uh, cool costume she has on. I don't know if she's supposed to be. She's a wizardess. She is. She's named as well. I'm going to guess this is from, what, the 1930s, maybe? Yeah, I think so. She's wearing a white gown. She looks, like I said, like one of the good witches from the Wizard of Oz. She's this very mystical outfit she's wearing with a, a uh, pendant of some sort. Yeah, I don't know if she's in a play or if she's... In a Halloween costume? She is a wizardess. Oh, clearly. Yes. That's, I mean, it takes one to know one, I guess. That's obviously what's happening here. Tucked into that crown is probably four feet of white hair. Exactly. Can you read the name on the back? Mrs. Whitler? Ah, Mrs. Whitler. Yes. Mrs. Whitler the wizardess. If you go to the show notes under this episode, you'll see an image of this photograph. If you click on that, it'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase this and other curiosities of the week. 
including the postcards of last week's hermit priest. They're still up there. And some previous curiosities of the week as well. Allison has a good selection of antique photography up there. I have my books. If you get them from us on Etsy, they come signed. Apparitions, illustrations of the other, my art book. Etsy is the only place you can get that. That's not on Amazon. I've tried to get it on Amazon, but I can't crack that egg. I don't know how to do it. So you can get my book of illustrations from us on Etsy. You can get Strange Familiars t-shirts there, both the classic Awoken Tree shirt, and we still have some of the High Strangeness tour shirts as well. I have artwork up there, originals and prints, and much more. Our shop name is Lost Grave, but if you type in Strange Familiars, you should see our stuff come up. If you get stuff from our Etsy shop, it also helps support the show, helps us keep doing what we do. Likewise, with Allison's eBay shop, where she has even more photography. Yeah, if you search for the shop name Strange Familiars, it'll come up, and my username is omiwise, O-M-I-E-W-I-S-E. So you kind of have your photography kind of split between both places. A good selection on eBay, good selection on Etsy, probably more on eBay, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a big help as well. It all goes to support the show and keep us making new content for you. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back soon with more Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more or purchase music by Stone Breath, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars where you can join the Strange Familiars gathering group. We're on Instagram at strangefamiliars, one word. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and you can find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.